with what you believe. Thank you so much, Glennis and Soph. It is a, it's a great thing to be able to hear the word of the Lord every single week, to be in it, saturated by it each and every day. If you're new or visiting us today, it's amazing to have you here. It's great to see new faces, and um, I'd love to have a chat to you afterwards. But today here, we're celebrating an amazing day. Praise the Lord, Christ is risen. Before we, we kick off, why don't I, I pray? Father, Lord, everlasting, we thank you so much that we are able to stand here on a day 2,000 years later and celebrate the historical resurrection of the God of the universe. Lord, I pray that as you speak to us in your word, that you would open our ears, you would soften our hearts, and that we would come to love you more dearly, walk with you more nearly. Lord, I just pray that uh, as I speak today, that you would work powerfully, Lord, that you would remind us what our faith is built upon why we are saved. Well, it's, it's no secret that as time goes on, things that were once massive news slip into the background. They always do. Even though they've had a significant impact on what's happening as we move forward, they slip into the background. World news that was once the talk of the town sparks this change, so we move on, and then it slips away. Time waits for no one. Our world just keeps moving. It, it just keeps developing, doesn't it? There's always something being developed, something coming out that's going to be game-changing. It's going to be the newest and the best. I just got a new MacBook, new chip, game-changer. But remember when we used to have phones the size of bricks? My first phone was a brick this big. I remember it distinctly. And then we got Nokias. And then we went to flip phones and then, woohoo, touchscreen, game-changer. Absolute game changer, huge news. I remember using paper maps, as many of you will as well. And then there was Navman. And then there was Google Maps. Absolute game changer. It was huge. And we've all been alive long enough to experience a bunch of things that have completely reshaped our world. I remember waking up one morning while we were still living in Africa and walking through to our front room, just getting comfortable in my mum and dad's old Poang chairs, flick on the TV, mum's walking in behind me, and there on the screen, every single channel, I'm gobsmacked. I called out to my mum to come and see what the heck's going on. Massive high-rise buildings crumbling to the ground. You know, planes had been hijacked and flown into them. These World Trade Centers that I'd seen so much about were no more. Where were you? I remember it vividly, exactly where I was. Massive news, huge event, and it radically changed our world. It was a game changer. This morning, we are talking about massive news. This morning, we're talking about momentous news, and news that is so important and so good that it needs to be shared with everyone. Incredible news, bigger than anything that has come before, bigger than anything that will ever happen ever again. It is the ultimate game changer, and it will never be replaced. And friends, look at verse 1. The Apostle Paul says, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you. And right here in this letter, he's preaching to a church in Corinth. It's a church that had lots of problems. And so the whole letter is basically addressing all those issues. But here at the end, he's like, I want to reiterate 
to remind you of the gospel I preached. Well, what's the gospel? What's the gospel? You may have heard that, that word before, gospel choir, gospel music, gospel truth. My sister reminded me, gospel truth comes up three times in the animated movie Hercules. Fun fact. But what does that word mean? It's, it's an English translation of a Greek word that meant good news. Momentous, huge, game-changing new news. And Christianity is the gospel. Massive news that affects everyone and is life-changing. It's about the God who comes to save, to rule this world with justice. This is the most important news that anyone, anywhere, at any time in all of history will ever hear. The most important news that anyone, anywhere, at any time in all of history will ever hear. And there are three important aspects of this news that we can walk through today. I think it's redeeming news. It's reliable news, and it's revealing news. Alliteration. Thank you. So firstly, it's redeeming news. You can see it in verse 2. By this gospel, by this news you are saved. It's a message. And it's, a, it's news that actually has the power to save people. You see, this isn't just a book from 2,000 years ago. I believe thousands and thousands of people believe that this is the word of the true and living God. The word of the true and living God. You see... But we found ourselves in a predicament. In the book of Romans, another book of the Bible, in chapter 3, it says that we, the wages of sin is death. And the hard truth is that we've all rejected God. The hard truth is that all of us here, every single one of us has gone our own way. Every single one of us here does all sorts of wrongs to our fellow human beings. Holy prayed about it, even to those we love. Usually, the harshest things to those we love. We fail in so many ways, let alone the people we don't care about or the people we don't really like. But you think about it, every human has mixed motives. Motives that are mixed in with self-interest. Think about it. In fact, so much of our lives are given over to selfishness. I know that that's my life. And even when we are doing the right things, so often we're doing those right things for our own gain. We're doing it for the wrong reasons, for our own praise, for our own approval. You know, to achieve this inner desire that, you know, scratch your back, you'll scratch mine. All of that, all of that the Bible calls sin. It's a rejection of God as the ruler of our lives. And what that is, that's impacted all of our relationships, all of our thoughts, all of our motives, our desires, our interests. It's sin. And scripture says, this book says, that the punishment of that is death. Imagine with me, there's a YouTube channel dedicated to you, dedicated just to your life. At first you're thinking, famous, I'm an influencer. But after a while you realize they're filming everything, every secret thing you've ever done, every action, every conversation, everything you did when you're on your own, you thought that no one else was looking. You know, everything you wish you could forget things that you, you thought you had forgotten come up again on this clip. And you're ashamed. They're just called rushing back. Imagine all of us had access to that. Could see everything. Imagine further that when we're watching those videos, it's not just showing the external actions of what you're doing, but it's got that internal, the internal of what you were thinking, the very motives, the desires that were driving you. Not just what you were doing, but why you did it. 
the secret places of your heart on display for everyone to see them. Imagine we all have access to that, to the deepest, deepest, darkest corners of your soul. It's terrifying, terrifying to think that that could get out. Even more terrifying, I think, is that God, the good creator of all things, he does know it all. He is an all-knowing God. All your actions, all your thoughts, all your words you've ever said, all the attitudes of your heart, he knows them. And I think what's more terrifying is he's not just a creator God. He doesn't create and then step back. But one day, like we said in the Apostles' Creed, he will judge you, he will judge me. And he knows all of this. And so really, if we're pragmatic about it, how should a good, a right, a just God respond to how we treat him, to to mistreat others, to fail what we know is right? That's what we read in Romans 3. The wages of sin is death. But it's not just physical death. It's not just physical death, but it's dying and entering into an eternal, terrible death away from God's goodness. Death is the judgment of God. It's not just a part of life. It's not just a part of life that we think, yep, circle round, hip, and we're done. It's a terrible thing to face. And if you've ever seen someone that you loved lying in front of you, life out of their body, it's a terrible, terrible thing. Just yesterday, I was at a memorial for my good friends who lost their baby 84 hours after he was born. Death is a curse. But God, in his great love, God, in his great mercy, his generosity, saves people from death, the very ones who deserve the judgment of death. And he does this, all still remaining just. It's phenomenal. That's the absolute game changer. Absolute game changer. But how does he do it? He does it through himself. He does it through his son, Jesus Christ. And Christ isn't just his last name. It's not Michael Freeman, Jesus Christ. Christ is a title and it means king. The expectation in all the prophecies and all the hundreds of years before the coming of Jesus was that one day this king was going to come, a king that was going to rule over all. But he doesn't establish his rule by might and force and conquering. He establishes it with service and self-sacrifice. Have a look at verse 3. His death was for our sins. This is the plan of God to save us. His death was for our sins. And this isn't as if it happened by accident. It's not like the Romans got the upper hand, the Jewish leaders got the better of Jesus and like, yeah, okay, we got rid of him. Jesus came down to die in our place. It was written in prophecy hundreds of years before. That's not something we think about in our Western world. Prophecy, fulfillment. That's what we're looking at. And there's a story I I heard of a king years ago who gave a command during a famine that anyone caught stealing any food would be put to death. Later on, his men caught this woman, this old woman, and dragged her into the plaza for stealing food. And the king said, I gave the command. She's got to be put to death. When they brought her out and pulled off the hood, he gasped. It was his own mother. But he's a just and he's a good king. And despite how agonizing this was, he said, I've made a decree. I've made a decree and it must be followed through. The following morning, the disheveled thief was led out, led down to the the chopping block. The axe came down with a thud. The body 
they lifeless. When the authorities picked up this hooded head, pulled it back, they see it's the king. He'd stepped into the place of his mother. That's what Jesus has done. Jesus took our punishment on behalf so that his, this debt was still paid. The decree is still fulfilled. And here's the big twist. Game changer. Jesus doesn't stay dead. Look with me, verse 4. Buried on the third day, he was raised. Jesus was in the tomb, rotting in a tomb, but God raised him, which proves that everything he said was true. It was true. And so the second thing is we can say that this is reliable news. So I don't know. I don't know if you've ever heard someone say, oh, it's gospel, gospel truth, meaning it's totally true. You can't get any truer than that. You can completely rely on everything I'm saying. It's gospel truth. But can this news be relied upon? Is it utterly trustworthy? Well, hopefully. We know it is. Our faith rests upon the reality of a risen saviour. If it ain't true, you're all wasting your time here this morning. I'm wasting my time here. But we know that it is true. And that's why he begins in the first couple of verses explaining what happened. He died. He was buried and he's raised and then he appeared to all these people. Look at verse 4. Look at those verses and he says, Jesus died and once he had risen, he appeared to many people. He was physically interacting with people. In verses 5 and 7 and 8, he appears to individuals. To Cephas, that's Peter, James, his brother, and Paul. But he also appears to them in groups. In verse 12, the 12 apostles. And in verse 6, he appeared to over 500 of the brothers and sisters. And just after that, Paul makes the point that most, if not all of these people, are still alive when, when he's writing this. What's the implication of that? What's the implication for the Corinthians? The implication is that if they wanted to, they could travel to Jerusalem. They could travel to Palestine. And they could talk to the people who had spoken, addressed the risen Lord Jesus. Charles Colson, who many of you may know, he was one of the Watergate Seven. He um, got convicted. He was the first one to be put in prison and subsequently became a Christian. He said this. He said, I know the resurrection is a fact. And Watergate proved it to me. How? Because 12 men testified that they had seen Jesus raised from the dead. And they proclaimed it, they proclaimed that truth for 40 years, never once denying it. Everyone was beaten and tortured and stoned and they put in prison. They wouldn't have endured that if it weren't true. Watergate embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world. They couldn't keep alive for three weeks. And so you're telling me 12 apostles could keep alive for 40 years? Absolutely impossible. So we know it's reliable news. We sit here today knowing it's reliable news. This is historical. Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. Jesus Christ transforms us. And so finally, it's revealing news. It changes our confidence in the future. It reveals what our future holds. Like what Matt reminded us on Friday from Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. When Jesus had done it all, he sat down. Your sin, that death that we owed, that decree that was made, it has been paid in full. It is dealt with. And so that everyone who puts their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is saved. You don't have to fear death. 
Our hope and confidence lies in the fact that Jesus is raised, and so we will be raised too. Later in, in the letter, Paul says this, Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet, it will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has swallowed up, been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Paul uses this language, perishable, imperishable, to remind us that our bodies are fading. Our bodies are wearing down. We live in a world that is marked by the penalty and the results of sin. You just take a look around. We all know that this world is passing away. We try and avoid death. We try and avoid it by going, that positive thinking. Think about it. Keep death away from me. Spin it on its head. Be positive. But the reality is this world is broken. We are broken people. And everything is slowly passing away. But game changer, the resurrection. The resurrection does give us confidence, not in the perishable but the imperishable. That which doesn't fade. And that is the resurrection body of Jesus. And what he promises is that we have the hope if we put our faith in the work of Jesus at the cross. The work of Jesus in his resurrection. Friends, when we face the toils and the sting of death in this life, we're reminded that our confidence does not lie here. When you get that call from the doctor and you get that diagnosis that you don't want to hear, we're reminded our confidence does not lie here. Many of us, COVID, you get that call from the boss. You get the news that you don't want to hear. Be reminded, our confidence does not lie here. The memorial service yesterday with my friends, one of the most agonizing things I've ever had to do. They know Jesus. They were reminded, they reminded us that we don't have our confidence here. Our confidence is in the resurrected imperishable body of Jesus Christ. How good is that? Death isn't the final answer. And it means we have confidence in the revealed future already sealed by Jesus. Can you see why this news is so massive? It's the game changer. Friends, I, I want you to grasp this, to understand this, that we have something so much better. Don't waste your time just ticking off the box. Grapple with this word of God. This is life. The resurrected life of Jesus Christ. That gives us life. But for this news to save you, it needs to be believed. There's a faith that doesn't save, we know in John 3. There's a faith that people say, yeah, Jesus is, Jesus is the son of man. If you don't follow him, you're not saved. Verse 2 in this passage it says, by this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you've believed in vain. Friends, for this news to impact your eternity with God, you must believe it. You must stand in it. You must hold to it and believe it and keep believing right until the end. That is what we are celebrating today. Good Friday. It's a somber day, but it's a glorious day. 
we don't have to walk into the pits of hell. We don't have to face eternal separation from our Lord God because he took that upon himself. And today, it is sealed. We celebrate that. He is risen. Let's pray. Father, you're a good God. You're a just God. You're a merciful God. May you press upon our hearts and never let us forget that you have given us life. Lord, you have given us life. May that transform our minds, transform our hearts, our bodies, so that we do not hold to the perishable things of this world, but look forward to the imperishable. That one day there will be a trumpet sound and we will be with you for eternity. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters here that have not yet committed, have not yet given their whole lives to you, that you'll be working powerfully. Lord, we're all here for a reason today. We're all here to hear your word spoken to us. Work powerfully, Father. We know that you are a powerful God. In Jesus' name, amen. The band's going to come up and they're going to play through an item. It's an item, it's a song that recounts this, this glory of Jesus Christ being risen from the dead. Dwell upon these words. Think about what it actually means for your own life. What it means that our Lord and our Saviour is risen.